Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text, as I mentioned before, comes from the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Here ends our text. You may be seated. So like I said, we are in the last week of Advent. Can you believe it? Christmas is next week. Now I don't know for me if it's just that there is no snow on the ground, that it just doesn't feel like Christmas yet. But really, this year of all years, I should have no excuse. For after all, I'm living in Frankenmuth. All I have to do is drive downtown and it sure looks like Christmas. But going into the Christmas season, ending the Advent season, also means that we will be concluding our sermon series on the Christ child righteousness born for us. So why don't we one more time go over what we've learned the last couple weeks. The first week in our series, we talked about first what the word righteousness means. And we found out that righteousness in terms of ourselves simply means being made right with God. We in our sin are in the wrong, so God sent his son to make things right. Then last week we heard about how through faith we take part in a marvelous or wonderful exchange with Christ, where he presents his innocence, his holiness, righteousness to us, and he takes our sinfulness. So this leads us to today, and we'll be focusing on Paul's letter to the Galatians. And in this letter, Paul uses a lot of family imagery. So first, I want you to kind of think about your own family. Now you may have heard the phrase uttered that you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your families. Now, when somebody says this, they are not saying that their family is awesome. They are not saying, oh boy, is it great that I don't have to go out and pick my family because picking my friends is a lot of work. No. When somebody says this, they're usually lamenting the fact of their family and about all the brokenness that takes place in their family. So think about your own family. But not just your own personal family, but think about the family that we all belong into. And it's much larger than our own personal families because we all belong to the human family. We're all part of the same family, and even though our own personal families can be at times a a loving family, joyous time to be together, we know that many times our families can be broken and hurtful. And the same thing is true about our human family. Our human family can be quite great at some times. We see this almost kind of amplified around Christmas, right? Where people go out of their way to help those in need. People give to charity Or people spread the Christmas cheer to one another. But on the flip side of that coin, 
You don't need me to stand up here and tell you how broken our human family can be. Unless we forget that we live in a broken family, Paul, in the next chapter that we read from, chapter 5, gives us kind of a picture of the family that we've all been born into. He talks about the works of the flesh, how all of us humans in our sinful nature, how we operate and the things that we do. He gives a list. He says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. It's quite a list. And that kind of captures the human family that we're in. But one of those things I thought was kind of interesting. When Paul says, fits of anger. Now to me, first reading that, that kind of sounds a little childish. Like a little infant or a little child that throws a fit when they get angry. When they don't get a piece of candy they want. Or at the grocery store they don't get something they want. They throw a fit. That's just for kids, right? Oh, wait. But then I realized that Paul is not just writing primarily to infants at all. He's talking about us. So I want to start small with a few examples and see if we do fit into this category and if we do throw fits of anger. So I'm going to name a few things and see if this makes you angry. So here we go. You're in a hurry. And you're driving somewhere, whether you're late for work, late for school, late for whatever, and you're trying to get somewhere, and you hit three red lights in a row. Then you go and you see a green light, and it turns yellow. And since you know that yellow means slow down and not speed up, you slow down and stop, only to see the guy next to you floored on by, and pretty soon they're out of your sights, and you're stuck there waiting fits of anger or maybe you go to a grocery store a department store walmart target and you're checking out and there really aren't that many people working the cashier line so you pick the line that has the least amount of people you add up all the items that the people in front of you have and you think you picked the best line and you didn't you picked the longest line and the guy that was walking out behind you picked the lane next to you and he's out the door halfway home and you're stuck there fits of anger or you're doing the laundry you're doing the laundry and you're taking out the load about to put it into the dryer and you forgot to check one of your pockets and especially this time of the year you had a Kleenex in there And pretty soon, your entire load of laundry is full of white sniblets of Kleenex. Fits of anger. Now, I got to admit, I got kind of angry a few weeks back. A few weeks back on a Saturday, doing, of all things, touring downtown Frankenmuth. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I was trying to find a parking spot, kind of in the area behind the Cheese House and near the Bavarian Inn. 
So I was trying to park, and I circled the lot probably two, three times. I couldn't find anything. But then I saw a lady walk into her car, and she kind of motioned to me, saying, hey, I'm leaving. Take my, take my spot. And I thought, great. What a nice lady. So I pull over, put my blinker on. I wait. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as she backs out, somebody who just got in the lot takes my spot. Fits of anger. Now that person was probably very happy that he got a spot right away. I was not. We've all had fits of anger, haven't we? And a lot of these things, our anger in our lives, is not just about small things or things that we might be able to laugh about, but things that start out small often turn into big things. And it's not hard to take a look at our entire human family and see the anger, the hate, the divisions that is caused between people. Whether it's in our political sphere today, social media, the news, or in our everyday lives, we know that we live in a broken family. But the fact is that we are simply born into this family. We have no choice about it. We're simply stuck with this family. But there was one person who wasn't stuck with the human family, but who chose to join our human family. And you know this person is, of course, Jesus Christ, who became human, who became everything like ourselves by becoming a full human baby on Christmas Day. He became us in the fullest sense. Paul emphasizes this by saying, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Why? Why would he do this? Why would he join our broken, messed up family that we live in? Well, Paul continues by saying, So that we might receive adoption as sons. Adoption. Jesus came so that we might be adopted. We're all born into one family, the human family, but we have been adopted into another. We have been adopted into God's family. And in this family, God chooses us. He has chosen you for this is what Christ came to do on Christmas, right? He came not only to be our righteousness so that we only would just not be condemned and we would be able to be saved, but he came to adopt us into his family. Christ came to redeem us so that we may join this holy Christian family here at St. Lawrence and here throughout the world as we join in this family with Christians around the globe. So what does this family look like? What is this family in contrast to the human family that we're born into? Well, Paul gives us another list. In contrast to the works of the flesh, 
he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What a difference. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. No. Patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. This is the family we have been adopted into. A family that God continues to send his Holy Spirit so that we may live lives of, as of those who have been adopted into this holy family. So this Christmas, as you celebrate Christ's birth again to you, remember that Christ has been born for you. He has become your righteousness and he has adopted you into his family. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.